It's Under the Dome Radio, the full discussion and fan feedback show for Season 3, Episode 12, entitled Incandescence, recorded September 4th, 2015. Thanks again for tuning in to Under the Dome Radio, the unofficial podcast by and for fans of CBS TV's Under the Dome. This is episode 72 of Under the Dome Radio. The blog post with links and things we're going to talk about will be at underthedomeradio.com slash 72. And you can still get feedback in for next week's final episodes. Just visit underthedomeradio.com slash feedback. Under the Dome Radio is a very proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Check out our other podcasts that will make you think, laugh, and succeed. They are all found at noodle.mx. We're also sponsored by alinda.com. Get a 10-day free trial Learn something new. Just visit lynda.com for details. And I'm at Wayne Henderson, your voice acting, podcasting, Green Bay Packers fan. And I am at Troy Heinrichson. <laughs> I'm so sad. I'm sorry for all the things I've done this past season, Wayne. But I, I can't remember what I did. So why don't you just tell everybody what's on tap for tonight? If you can't remember what you did, then there's nothing to be sorry about. That's true. That's the dome logic. And I wish I could say that yet again, we had Heaven Weissen on tap, but instead we've got a podcast to do here. We've got breaking news, dome related things like ratings, stuff like that. Then we're going on the air. We're going to have a few more tidbits about what we found interesting or not about this week's Under the Dome. Then on location, it gets good because the listener feedback again this week, you guys brought it. It is funny. It is good. It is insightful. It will make you think, laugh, and succeed much like the podcast at noodle.mx. Then we've got the investigative report, got details on next week's series finale. So we will warn you ahead of time if you want to Avoid spoilers, schmoilers, and stuff like that. So, Troy, let's get this thing rolling. I think we shall, Sir Wayne. Well, if you skipped the preview for next week or have been living under a rock for the past week, it is official, ladies and gentlemen. Under the Dome has been canceled. That's right. We are done, ladies and gentlemen. Next week is the finale for Under the Dome and the Under the Dome radio podcast. It's been a fun ride. Uh, We're sad to see it go, uh, but we will definitely keep in touch with all of you in the community. We want to make sure you all get a chance. If you've listened to the podcast at all in the last three years, make sure that you get your feedback in, whether it's for the show, whether it's for us, whether it's for other callers like Hank and uh, Aaron and Dr. Awesome and... Kevin and Neil and everybody else that's called in over the years, make sure you go ahead and make submit, start writing your stuff now because it'll be a, a very tear filled, emotional episode uh, when you get to this next week. So, yes, Dome canceled, more new shows for the summer for Wayne and I to look for. But before we do that, we still have to finish these last two. And with our ratings this week, Incandescence, now that it's been canceled, of course, the ratings went into the toilet. A 0.83 share, 3.7 million viewers. And for that pregnancy episode, Plan B, we actually bumped up a little bit to the 1.5 mark in the demo, and we tallied out at 6.4 million viewers, making it, again, the number one show of the week, because nothing else is on. 
Pretty much. It's totally inconceivable. <laughs> and before we dig into more details, I uh, just want to remind you that even though Under the Dome radio is ending, of course, you can still hear Troy and I on the Packers Fan Podcast. But if you don't like sports, first, we'd like to know why. Give us a shot. Packers rock. But if you mostly want to hear us talk about television shows, stay tuned to our Twitter accounts. There could be announcements coming Later on down the line, I'm at Wayne Henderson. You are at Troy Heinrichs. That is absolutely correct. And with that, Wayne, I think it's time. Let's go ahead and talk about this awesome piece of television extravaganza as we go on the air. The On The Air Recap section brought to you by MikeyDislikesIt.com. Make sure you read his incandescence review that starts out with the appropriate title, Blunderdome. We start <laughs> off this episode with Junior hulking out, going through the woods, hiding from everybody he can before he leashes his strength upon the public. And then the Prius comes rumbling down the road, still clean, even though it's driving on gravel. And you have one Barbie and one Julia talking and bickering as if they were a married couple for four whole weeks as Julia delivers the most insincere line you could ever say to someone in your entire life. I know what you're feeling. Never, ever use that line. It is completely inappropriate in every way, shape and form. Oh, my goodness. I have to interject. That is 100% true. But especially do not say that line if you're fiance, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, if they've just had a baby that's half alien, you do not know how they feel. Half alien and half spider. Just remember, this is the prequel to Falling Skies. Mm. With that, we move along to Big Jim, who gets up early in the morning because he likes being by himself without other people in his way, even though he cares about people in his town. And he has a conversation with Lily about the murder plot. And Lily's like, don't kill everybody. Let's try to save Hector because... I still have feelings or something for him because even though he's lied to me about my dad, I still want to make sure the guy's okay at the end. And then, of course, we have to worry about what do we do with the baby? So the baby is already grown up big enough. It actually has clothes that fit. It got its hair done. I can't believe this stuff is actually happening. And then they use the energy from the dome itself to cocoon the child, which, of course, speeds up the process of the calcification and which means we are no longer going to be able to stay under the dome. We only have 24 hours, which means we only have one more episode remaining, which is true. Come to actually think about it. Then we have this weird twist to the show, because if the oxygen is running out and it's really hard for certain people to breathe, and they're also not as useful to the kinship, we might as well just off them because... Hunter volunteered to kill himself, so why not all the old people just get up in a line, dress up in blue shirts, and walk themselves into a lake? Because if they're gone, then there's more oxygen for the rest of us. Question, question, yes. question. Before you continue, how many times are they going to do this same story on the show? Just last season, Rebecca Pine wanted to wipe out the population to conserve things. It's like every season, we have to wipe out the population. It's That's like, seriously, people? You know, thank you so much. I totally forgot about swine flu and the baptismal font. <laughs> How could you? <laughs> oh, that's right. You said at the beginning you forgot everything, but you're sorry. Exactly. <laughs> Which leads us to the queen's arrival. That's right. She escapes from the cocoon, runs off in a shadowy flash, and cannot be found ever again. 
stealing whatever was left of Christine as they break the process. And Christine now is sorry for everything that she did. We're not sure if she's actually Christine or not. We'll get to that a little bit later on. Now, the pressure is on Joe. And of course, whenever you're under pressure, if you just close your eyes and think about it, inspiration will come and come it does in the form of Nori to the window to give him a good luck kiss as they move on. With that, we have the ultimate fire gun showdown. That's right. Dirty Harry herself unloads upon a guard that is waiting to take out Joe because Joe thinks that he can get the transmitter working from two seasons ago, but that's only two weeks ago, ladies and gentlemen. Two weeks ago, the transmitter from the radio tower, even though it's been through a fire, might still just work to amplify the tones of the amethyst crystals and bring down the dome after all. Then Junior gets a big idea that he thinks that we should kill the children too because if the children can't contribute to the kinship, let's lead them into water and a bunch of blue shirts as well. Then we have the ultimate sacrifice. That's right. We have to do something about the queen. So the queen shows up and actually finishes the job with Christine, steals the rest of the infection as Christine vaporizes against the dome. And that is Incandescence, Season 3, Episode 12. In a nutshell. Wow. Is all I can think. That was really on television. That was really on television. <laughs> what I really love about this episode at the end of the day is that we got to go back to the cement factory. Oh, thank goodness. The, 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 the former home of hiding out from giant bombs that can't actually take down the dome. The former home of the thing we cannot talk about. The former home of all the fun times that Junior had down there all by himself, all emo, when Julia found him because he had Angie locked up in the basement. All those times, the cement factory, when the show was actually interesting, we get to go back there one more time. But this time, it ruins everything because that's where the cocoon for the queen was. Oh, my goodness. Unbelievable. Inconceivable. So, give me one highlight from this episode, Wayne. One thing that you enjoyed from Incandescence. Besides the death of Christine, because I think everybody jumped for joy on that one. Uh, I think you've got me stumped there, Troy. I got nothing on this episode. Oh, you didn't even like Big Jim throwing the umbilical cord in a black bag at the camera? <laughs> well, that was kind of interesting, but I don't know if I'd go as far as to say I liked it. Yeah, I was afraid there. I was like, why are you throwing that at me, Big Jim? <laughs> that stuff stinks, man. She'd be dead for like a whole day. Oh, Horrible. It's just horrible. <laughs> horrible. Uh, I think for me, the most interesting scene was the the death of the doctor. I really liked how we had the kind of eerie music and Lily was walking in. And then, of course, Lily kind of is like, what's that on the floor? And then she looks up and then the blood drops on her face. I was like, this is kind of interesting. I like this. This is more Stephen King-like. So and, I really like that scene this week. And it was exactly like the scene earlier this season when um, Uncle Sam came in and water was dripping from the ceiling onto his face when it was his uh, new girlfriend who drowned in the bathtub that wasn't supposed to have water in it. Oh, my gosh. Was that foreshadowing? No, Maybe. no, no it couldn't have been. The, the water turned to blood. Who knows? Things are dripping from the ceiling all over town. Oh, that could have been a Lyle thing, right? I've, I've heard water turning to blood in the Bible. Maybe Lyle could have informed us of that if he had actually made it this far into the show. I wish he would have. That would have been much, much better. With that. <laughs> I can't wait for the listener feedback. Listener feedback. Is <laughs> and your, your rating, because I, I fear that you 
might give it too high of a rating this week, Troy. I'm not going to give it too high of a rating, but before we get to our ratings... Oh, spoilers. Tease. No, 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 no spoilers. No teases. We have to do the Big Jim Quippy Liners. It's our second oh, to yes. last one. Second Was to last there one. one this week? There, I didn't really catch Big Jim even being very quippy. They weren't very quippy. They were very short and concise, but they were still funny when they were delivered. So we included two specific ones right up at the top of the show, much like last week. So I'm going to leave it up to you, Wayne, to guess which one of our liners last week was the winner. Well, just because of the visual and graphic nature of the description, I would venture to guess it was probably Big Spider because I am all for stomping that Big Spider no matter how many little critters run out. You are correct, sir. Johnny, tell him what he's won. He's won a summer off from under the dome next summer. Not a used Prius that never has to be washed. Oh, you could win that too because we're selling them away because we no longer need them on the show. The set's closed. I love how Mikey dislikes it. Says the uh, Prius was rumbling down the road. <laughs> couldn't hear it. Couldn't hear a sound, even on gravel. So awesome! So awesome. Okay, with that, two big gym liners this week. The first one was very short, very sweet. Stuck it right in the middle of an intense conversation between all of the Rebel Alliance as they fight against the kinship. This one, I think you're going to like this one. Hang on, everybody. Here we go. The virus mutated faster than we predicted. Instead of extinguishing the life force, it may have enhanced some qualities in James Rennie. So the cure failed. What happened to the new alien queen? She landed yet? My daughter was born yesterday. Where is she? Is she okay? She's infected. Christine's troops found us. They took the baby. This baby, did it have an umbilical cord? Yeah, why? Stem cells contain the purest form of the virus, purer than what we've drawn from Christine. If you can get your hands on that cord, there's still a chance. Well, consider that done. Dr. Bloom and I will set up the lab. Come with me. Is there any way we can help? If you got any ideas on where to find Christine, then shoot. The queen has landed. (laughs) Love it. Oh, man. And speaking of that, you mentioned the Rebel Alliance. I... didn't somebody in this episode say you're our only hope? Yeah, I think I heard. They absolutely did. <laughs> That's about when my eyes rolled up in my head. It's like, no, you you can't use that line. I also love the fact that Barbie's like using the the phrase "born yesterday" so that you could say, "I wasn't born yesterday." You can't kid me that Under the Dome's actually that great of a show. I wasn't born yesterday. Well, <laughs> if you're an alien, you just might be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hashtag big alien. Big alien is the first one this week. Big Uh, alien. Love it, Troy. The second one's going to come when Big Jim and Hector, the two of these guys together, I just have to say Dean Norris and Eric LaSalle do an amazing job on screen. Uh, It's unfortunate they have to do it on this show, but they do the best acting, I think, between the two of them when they're having these conversations. So our second one this week comes from the conversation just as they're talking about how they might be able to proceed without having to use the cattle feed poison that they were going to use. Look, there might be other options. I'm the first one that wants to rid the planet of these freaks. But with the dome calcifying, we need their help. The dome is calcifying? Yeah, our little magic bubble here is turning to stone. It already feels hot as a damn sun on here, but pretty soon no fresh air will get through at all. We're all gonna asphyxiate. Unless we let the life forces bring down the dome with that devising their building. Which means we let the infected get out? More importantly, we get out. It's not like the aliens are going to run free. The government's already set up a perimeter manned by your company. 
they're gonna work on a cure, and by then I'll be in Timbuk freaking two. You're welcome to join me if you like. How long before they finish this device? Well, it should be more than a couple days. I conscripted Joe McAllister. Kid's a uh, pain in the ass, but he's smart as they come. By the way, you might want to get rid of the special sauce. You don't want a murder rap on your record when we get out. Trust me. Well, two all beef patties, lettuce, cheese, and special sauce. I, I don't think I'm going to be eating that anymore now that I know what's in it. Don't forget about the pickles and the onions. On sesame seed buns. Oh, sesame seeds. Yum, yum. I, you could just pick any one of these things. So we don't want to let the freaks get out. We're in our own magic bubble. It's hot <laughs> as a sauna in here. Don't forget to get rid of the special sauce. But I think the best one out of all of this is like, and when that's all happening, I'm going to be in Timbuk freaking too. <laughs> My wife laughed at that line and she said, oh, that's got to be your big gym line this week. It absolutely is. That's right. I, yeah. I said Troy's all over this, I'm sure. Hashtag Big Tim Buck 2. Uh, how do you spell that? Because that could be many different spellings. I spelt it T-I-M-B-U-C-K-T-O-O, so it's easy for everybody. Oh, okay. And plus, we'll have the link in the show notes at underthedomeradio.com slash 72. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. So hashtag Big Alien, hashtag Big Tim Buck 2. T-I-M-B-U-C-K-T-O-O to make it easy on everybody and go ahead and you can vote again under the dome radio.com slash 72. And if you can listen to those again, click on those links. I apologize. I did not get the links put up last week, but I will get the links put up this week so that we can all experience that great line once again between him and Eric LaSalle. Good stuff. Good stuff. With that ratings time, your floor, Sir Wayne, you can go first. Okay, I'll go ahead and do that, and I'll um, move the hay and the red hairs out of the way of the floor. Somebody's going to need them. I would give this episode 1.5. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, 1.5, and I think I'm being generous. 1.5 out of 10, star child baby umbilical power cords. Get it? Umbilical cords, power cords. It sounds like a G-sharp to me, so rock it. That's my guitar. Air guitar. Can't I can't play guitar. <laughs> but it does sound like a G sharp. It absolutely does. Yes. I had a feeling. Well, I, I appreciate the tune up for that because I'm gonna give this episode four out of ten. Ants gone marching four by four. They don't look back as they approach the shore and they all go marching down. Where to the lake? Why? To ensure their death. Drown, 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 drown. Oh, bravo, Sir Troy. That, that was epic. Uh, yes, can't. summer's over, summer camp is over. So there you go, a summer camp song for all of you out there. And down by the shore, I'm surprised you didn't find a way to squeeze in a data chuck, data chim. Oh, that would have been good. I couldn't get but, it to rhyme, but I gave it a four so that I could make the song work. That's a good enough reason for me. I love the song. Props to Sir Troy. They don't look back as they approach the shore. It's going to be at my head now the rest of the week. And yours, too. You're going to be singing it all the way through your holiday weekend here in the States. In the key of G-sharp. In the key of G-sharp. Absolutely. Oh, well, with that, let's move on because, oh, my goodness, you've got to be ready for the listener feedback this week. It's going to be awesome. But first, I have to let you know that before you find somebody lurking behind you trying to get you to wear a blue T-shirt, 
You need to make sure that you have all the skills necessary to succeed in this brave and scary new world. Enter lynda.com. If you visit lynda.com slash dome, you get a 10-day free trial of learning. Jumpstart that new skill, master your current skill, or do both. That way you'll have all the best talents, whether you're inside the dome, outside the dome, under the dome, under the red door, wherever you are, you will be talented, you will be ready, and you will be valuable. Humans and aliens need to work together to save themselves from suffocation, and they're going to need Joe to create a hybrid invention of both human and alien technology. How will they survive with so little time and not enough resources? Well, they can watch the creative spark between two worlds, the hybrid animation of Tiny Inventions with Rue Kawada and Max Porter. Between the two of them, Rue and Max have to perform all the work of a much larger company, but they wouldn't have it any other way. Their process combines both handmade and digital elements and involves painstakingly recreating characters, sets, and lighting in programs like Cinema 4D and Adobe After Effects. In this creative spark, brought to you by lynda.com, Rue and Max explain how they established Tiny Inventions, their company, to do all of this great work. Be sure you check it out. Thanks to lynda.com slash dome. That is amazing stuff. And if you go to lynda.com slash dome, you'll get access to over 300 other video courses taught by expert teachers on any device you want, even Microsoft Surface tablets. And most importantly, you can even watch them offline if you get the annual premium membership, which is good because the internet, it's a fickle thing. You never know what's going to happen. So start your 10-day learning journey at lynda.com slash dome. That's lynda.com slash dome. Try it free today. Well, there was a once a wise man, Sir Wayne, that said in an epic, epic speech, if we don't live together, we're going to die alone. So wise words to heed for sure, because we're all in this together. To the bitter end, we are. Thank you, Big Jim. And before we actually get to the voicemails this week, we did have two, that's right, two fan creation clamors that we needed to play from you from our good friend Rory in New Jersey. Rory put these two together. Go ahead and take a listen. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Have fun storming the dome. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Fencing, fighting, torture, revenge, giants, monsters, chases, escapes, true love, miracles. That's right. The first one there. <laughs> Under the Dome meets Princess Bride. Thank you so much, Roy, for that one. That and is classic. It's, it's amazing that the descriptions there at the end all have kind of been Under the Dome as well. That they have. That they have. Uh, the next one, I don't know, for some reason, Rory also does these clamors for my Blacklist podcast at theblacklistexposed.com. He likes using Willy Wonka for some reason. So this time, <laughs> for, for some reason, Veruca Salt from the original Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory movie, is here invading Under the Dome. My baby and Big Jim with my son, my safe house, mine, 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 all these people under the dome possessing everything. I want the whole world. I want to lock it all up in my pocket. It's my- <laughs> oh my goodness, it works. Rory. Uh, that talent has been unleashed. I love it. Thank you. That is exactly how you do a proper clam. Take something from the show, take something from the podcast, 
mix it up with something old and fun, and you get crazy hilarity just like that. Thanks so much, Rory, for sending those in and for the ones you sent in earlier at the beginning of the season. Obviously, you will be the special winner of the Under the Dome Clam Contest. Clamtastic. With that, the good stuff. Not that Rory's wasn't good, but these are going to be even more entertaining as we move through to all of the great epic listener voicemail this week. First up, let's hear from Neil in Bowie. Hello, this is Neil from Bowie calling in to Under the Dome Radio for Under the Dome Incandescence. Well, some shows raise expectations for a finale, but Under the Dome has actually lowered expectations. We just expect the dome to come down via Under the Dome Radio and mayhem. That's going to meet expectations. Anything else will exceed expectations. We don't expect to find out why Jack saw his father in the flashboard or any explanation for any out-of-character actions we've seen all season. Or why Joe is suddenly really a super genius who can figure out anything. Well, looking forward to seeing the end. And are you ready for some football? Oh, yes, Neil. I am ready for some football. You definitely caught my attention with that part. Oh, just one more week till football. That's going to be amazing. And those are great points that, you know, everybody's acting out of character. And what do you think, Troy? It This particular television show has lowered the expectations for a series finale. I think next week is going to be a 10 out of 10 just because it will be the best episode to date because I have no anticipation of anything going in. I'm just going to sit back, be entertained and just be like, wow. That was the best 45 minutes of television because it's over now. Round of applause. <laughs> clap, clap. <laughs> and I'm going to be sitting back and watching whether or not I'll be entertained. That it, that doesn't matter. We've come this far. 42 more minutes of television. We can do this. And Neil seems to think the dome is coming down. Uh, that's what I hear. Uh, I believe Nina Tassler told us that a few weeks ago. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. I still will believe it when I see it. I also saw it come down in the uh, first episode of the season. So yes. it could all be a dream. You never know. <laughs> yeah. First, we had the first episode of this season where a lot of stuff happens, but then it kind of doesn't really happen. We had the wool pulled over our eyes. And then just a few weeks ago, we had an apocalypse. That didn't happen either. The wool pulled over our eyes yet again. Which is funny because in the first episode, when they were out of the dome, supposedly, and we had that whole, like, Barbie was in the military, and they were doing the memorial service in Chester's Mill. It actually was quite interesting for that first hour. And then yeah. it just went all downhill. Seems very reminiscent of season two. Hmm. History is doomed to repeat itself, I believe someone once said. Yes, I've heard that. That's a fairly popular uh, adage to live by. Let's see who's next on the docket there, Troy. Hi, guys. This is Hank Davis, fellow podcaster at TPEnetwork.com. This episode was off the rails. Julia proclaiming that she knows how Barbie feels was one of the worst pieces of writing I think I've ever witnessed. And I loved how Barbie called her on it like, what? No, you don't know how I feel. The super speedy queen. Yes, she inherited her athletic ability from Super Barbie, obviously. Boy, that was funny. Watching her just speed around that facility. I loved how the writers tried to get us viewers fired up by marching little kids towards their death. <laughs> you know, it's like old people didn't get you mad and upset. Now we'll march out the children. It reminded me of Falling Skies with the harnesses. In my opinion, 
Big Jim is our last line of defense on this show, period. He's like the only individual on the entire show that makes any sense and that you honestly are like, what is he up to? It feels like everybody else has jumped the shark multiple times, but I still love every line Big Jim comes up with. Rarely am I watching a show and as it's going off, I'm laughing hysterically unless it's a comedy. Under the Dome is not a comedy, but I was laughing so hard because I was like, they're so cheap that they're using Eva as the star child. I just couldn't believe it. She has a wig on and that's it. That's the only thing they did. Oh, I couldn't believe it. They couldn't bring an actress in for one episode. Even if you thought the show was going to continue on, you couldn't just bring in an actress for one episode and then in the off season, find somebody else if the show would have continued. Oh my goodness. I just thought that was hysterical. And then I'm happy that the show is calling it a series at this point. Personally, for years, I've latched on to terrible shows and created podcast recaps for them for the love of some silliness and to have fun with the show and such. And community members would email me all the time and they would say, if it weren't for your podcast, I'd be done with this show. Well, the shoes on the other foot now and never has that sentiment been more relevant than right now. Thanks for the podcast, guys. I'm going to be moving next week, so I don't know if I'll be able to call in for the finale or not. But if I'm able to, I will. Talk to you guys later. Hank Davis from the TPE Network. Thank you so very much. That was fantastic. And I do hope you have safe moves and keep us posted with what's going on with you. And hopefully Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fan podcast will be back very, very soon with you and Uncle Alex. But so many great points. And the fact that uh, Big Jim, like we've touched on before, he's the one person that makes any sense at all. And we're hinging everything on Big Jim Rennie. I'm just picturing Julia bending down right now talking to Indy. Indy boy, get a message to him. Say, help us, Big Jim. You're our only hope. <laughs> if if we see a hologram Julia Shumway next week. <laughs> you heard it here first on Under the Dome Radio. <laughs> And Hank reminding us, I know how you feel. One of the worst lines ever written for television. And we get it. And the fact that he laughed hysterically at the end of the episode. I I understand, Hank. I know how you feel. <laughs> and then, of course, the star child, the new queen, having super Barbie athletic ability. Now, she can run pretty fast. And she can move in shadows while people are sleeping by windows. <laughs> like but, Peter Pan. Like Peter Pan. But the question I have, can she hang from the bottom of a truck for 13 clicks? That's what I want to know. I bet she could, especially if that was fast moving. Uh, Barbie chases after her. There's no way he's going to catch some alien uh, hybrid that's going that quickly. Okay. Now, she didn't actually say her name, but Ava is playing the queen. But what you don't know is that Ava is actually not Ava. They actually gave the queen a different name to go with the different hairstyle. Well, of course. And what is that name? Is it is it officially released? It is officially released. Are you ready? No, but fling it on us anyway, Troy. What is the name of the alien queen? This is the dawn. <laughs> yes, dawn. ladies and gentlemen, Dawn is the name of the queen. Dawn. Oh, like the dawn of a new age of aliens taking over the world. They've 
come back after 1,500 years to avenge the, the death of a distant relative that was sent here before that. Wait, that was Falling Skies. That was Falling Skies. <laughs> but it probably fits because I'm sure these aliens have been here before. Because And I love the, the choice of the name, right? Because you're bringing new life into this planet that they have to merge with the humans to prevent the coming attack that is coming. That is right, everybody. Your new queen. This is the dawn. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> now, uh, I'm glad that you helped us understand that it was D-A-W-N because I thought maybe it had something to do with Don, D-O-N, Barbara. Now he's back as the queen. Oh, wouldn't that be just epic right there? Remember that Remember that one you know, loosely tied in thing that they never go back to, which is the picture of Barbie's mother and what happened to Barbie's mother? What right. if Barbie's mother's name was Dawn? That would be awesome. That would be fantastic because we're never going to know. That's one of at least 50 important things that we'll never, never, never know. Much like on Fringe, there was one thing we never found out about was Agent Jessup. Because she was all important on the season two or season three premiere. And then suddenly she's gone, never spoken of again. But on Under the Dome, they took it to a new level with over 50-something things we're never going to learn. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> if you don't follow Wayne anywhere else, I'm going to tell you right now, it's like been four years. And Wayne is still hung up about Agent Jessup. <laughs> well, what's amazing is I bought the uh, Fringe uh, September's Notebook, a keepsake book, much like the fantastic lost encyclopedia and in there they actually devote a quarter of a page to agent jessup and i i thought that was just hilarious like there's no reason that they would bring her back for this book <laughs> unless maybe they heard fringe casting with wayne and dan and thought hey we have to throw her in there wayne's right she did mean something <laughs> so if you need, i digress if you need time to fill because the dome is canceled you can go check out Fringe. I believe it's on either Netflix or Amazon or both. And then, of course, listen to Wayne's Fringe Casting uh, podcast, which was good. good stuff. And there's some there's some good feedback in there. Occasionally, uh, listener Troy called in with some great thoughts. Also, I believe I had an American Idol audition in one of those episodes. Probably so. I love it. <laughs> All right. Let's move on here to one Kevin. Kevin, listener from the beginning. Take it away. Hey, Wayne and Troy. First of all, I wanted to let you guys know I've been a fan of the podcast since day one. It's been great listening to you guys. I know you put a lot of work into it, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who appreciates all of your efforts. I've been wanting to throw in my two cents to the listener feedback, and I'm pretty much out of time, so I figured I better get this in before it's too late. Even though the majority of comments I've heard about Under the Dome recently have been overtly critical, if not malicious... I've actually enjoyed this season of Under the Dome. I mean, sure, there have been inconsistencies, plot holes, dropped storylines, and highly improbable circumstances, but has everyone forgotten that the entire series is based on an impenetrable dome dropping out of nowhere and trapping an entire town? I mean, suspension of reality was a prerequisite to start watching the show in the first place, so... I never really expected everything to follow the laws of physics, logic, and consistently make perfect sense. I know I've been entertained. That's pretty much what I signed up for. I mean, that's what TV shows are supposed to be, right? A distraction or an escape from reality while entertaining the audience? 
I never expected New York Times best-selling novelist writing standards and rock-solid continuity for a sci-fi show that's loosely, very loosely, based on a book that, in my opinion, had a largely disappointing ending. Anyway, by the time you hear this, it'll probably all be over anyway. Maybe one of the folks who felt so strongly that the show was poorly written will now have enough free time to write the next new hit series themselves, since they apparently feel they are more skilled than the writers of Under the Dome have been. I'm looking forward to whatever comes next in you guys' podcasting endeavors, so keep us all posted. And thanks, guys. Kevin, so awesome. Thanks for listening all three seasons. It's been great having you here. And, you know, I, I actually enjoyed season three as well. If season three were to stand alone, I'm much like uh, caller Ben Avery, uh, who called in a few weeks ago about the, the, the content of season three, I think would have been more interesting had they interwoven aspects of season two with season three. For example, one of the things they could have done was because you introduced this extra egg that Patrick touched in Zenith. Wouldn't it have been great if Hector would have come into the dome earlier, say season two, to talk about this virus and everything that they needed to do? And if all of these alien stuff would have been more season two storyline, and then it would have been the search to find the abyss to jump it to Zenith to go get the egg, the blue egg, and bring that back into Chester's mill to bring the dome down. I think it would have just been more coherent and under, and it would have been entertaining yet still completely crazy but at the same time, it would have been more, I guess, combined in a better way, more methodical, more linear, more thought out for a genre television show to be. So I think all the pieces of Under the Dome were there. Ultimately, over the three seasons, it just aired out of order, which if this was on Fox would have happened anyway. So <laughs> That is very true. There's been uh, even Fringe had an episode that I think it was from season one. That they had just laying around, so they played it in the middle of season two for no reason. Hey, that character's alive again. Uh, but I digress. Uh, Kevin, so good to hear from you. I actually met Kevin a couple of years ago. I think it was during season one of Under the Dome. He was uh, driving down the 10 freeway and was in my neighborhood, stopped off at Starbucks and hung out a while. It was a good time. And the next time you cruise by uh, my area down the 10 freeway, my town is getting its very own in and out Burger. Ooh. We are somebody now, or we will be when it's built. And Wayne will be standing outside saying, this is my in and out Burger. <laughs> oh, man. you will, Oh, that's good stuff. Kevin, thank you so much for listening from the beginning. Unbelievable. And thanks for getting your thoughts in before the very end. Absolutely. We also got an email in from Alan from Naperville, right by my house, actually. So if you're driving up the uh, 290 there, Alan... We can stop and go to uh, Five Guys because we don't have In and Out here in Chicago. <laughs> so, that close enough. Few random thoughts from Alan. First off, I think Microsoft is back sponsoring because they had to have supplied the shirts that everybody was wearing because it became the blue shirt of death. Oh my! <laughs> An homage to the blue screen of death. Yes, that is awesome. What? How did we not figure that out, Alan? Genius. We bow down. Shirts of death. We are not worthy. <laughs> We're not worthy. Well, since we use Macs, that's what color shirt are we gonna wear? How are we gonna fit in? Oh man, blue shirts of death. That's awesome. <laughs> that was good. Uh, the baby not only found well-fitting clothes, 
<laughs> but seems to have had time to get her hair cut as well. She must also have used the large stash of hair products that Julia has hidden away. And without Lyle Shumway, uh, not Lyle Shumway, I don't think he was related. Lyle Chumley. Lyle Chumley, Chumley a distant relative. Without Lyle in town to do the hair, how'd that all happen? I have no idea. Uh, Alan continues, I really, really wanted to see a Prius dirty. Just once. Just <laughs> once. <laughs> uh, won't happen on this show. Uh, why don't they ever get a clue and just finish off Junior once and for all? <laughs> Alan, I have to stop right there. That's an excellent question because every week in my notes as I'm watching the episode, even though I may or may not bring it up on the podcast, I write, why is Junior still alive? <laughs> I believe as we read the book, we said that same thing. Why don't they just take care of this guy already? <laughs> for different reasons. Oh, my goodness. Well, if you do the math, the air in the dome would technically last years, not a day or two, with the trees and other plants that could scrub out some of the CO2. Running out of breathable air is not a concern. And Alan, with that, I'm just going to refer you back to Kevin. Uh, You were supposed to suspend your disbelief when the dome came down in the first episode. (laughs) Uh, Using the same actress for Ava and her baby is a move that boggles my mind. (laughs) Almost complete lack of continuity in the series. They give us continuity of actors. <laughs> they must have decided to cancel the show earlier than we knew and wanted to actually save the money. Oh, my goodness. That's why next week, when we finally learn about Barbie's mom, she will be played by oh, Dwight Yoakam. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, all of our questions are going to be answered in the last 42 minutes of the series. I doubt it. One of the lost numbers. I have many questions from trying to make all three seasons make sense with each other. And to that, the questions such as were the writers showrunners drunk or high for the last three years? The thing I could comment on there is that Stephen King was probably both when he wrote this book because he started it way back in the seventies. The book actually, if you need to go back and listen to our book review podcast way back in season one, Good the, idea. The book originally was going to be a bunch of people trapped in an apartment building, and then it was going to turn into cannibalism. So if you if you thought the <laughs> alien story was weird, that would have been a party. <laughs> and that apartment building reminds me of the motel that we've seen so many times this season. This so true. they could still do it. Uh, I think this is the best comment Alan has, though, because he wants to know if the guy at Amazon who actually signed off on bankrolling this series for the streaming got fired or not. Now, that's a legitimate question because you talk about mind-boggling. After season one, as soon as we made it through oh, maybe the third episode of season two, I was asking similar questions like, why Why? Amazon? Come on. Uh, Again, brings up the hair products. Did the showrunners, directors really think that people trapped under a dome would be able to keep their hair looking like that? Like they just left the salon? Butterflies. What show will we now watch, shaking our heads and wondering, why am I still watching this train wreck? (laughs) I'm glad that there will be some attempt at tying up the loose ends and ending the series cleanly. I doubt that is possible, but at least they are not ending the series with nothing resolved. Well, maybe. Alan in Naperville. Thanks so much for writing that in, Alan. That's awesome. That that was amazing. And again, I'll believe it when I see it. The blue shirts of death. <laughs> Fantastic. So I think you can buy, you can actually purchase the blue shirts of death from Amazon. Coincidentally well, enough. You probably could. 
Okay, with that, if you don't like the Under the Dome drama, we have our own drama going on here right on the podcast because we have another secret transmission from Dr. Awesome. This little game that we play, Mr. Aaron and I, quite exhilarating, isn't it? Don't underestimate me. Because this is my jungle. The lion lies in the grass, stalking the weak link, ready to pounce. Piranhas look under the water, waiting for the victims to dip under the drink. Sharks wait for the scent of blood to rip apart the flesh of the wounded. But I, I, Dr. Awesome, act like a spider. I set a net. I wait for my prey to think they are safe and sound. And then I attack when they have nowhere to run. This is like Charlotte's Web. And I have a message for you, Aaron Arnett Jr., Watch your back. CBS can cancel under the dome, but they can't cancel your execution. All of that is written in a spider web at Chester's Mill County Fair, and I think that's awesome. Dr. Awesome. Oh, man. If that chopper comes back around for Aaron Arnett Jr., he's going to think he's safe. And then she will attack. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is my jungle. <laughs> Dr. Awesome could be Big Jim Rennie. He very well could be. And spider webs at Chester's Mill County Fair. I think uh, Charlotte was a little more nice than we could even say it was the Ashveni Spider Queen. Because that could sounds be. that sounds more like the Ashveni Spider Queen from Falling Skies than Charlotte. And the, just the thought of a Chester's Mill County Fair kind of reminds me of the reaping fairs in the Dark Tower series. Stephen King, shout out. Oh, could that a bit, could, could Dr. Awesome be Randall Flagg? Mm. That would not surprise me at all. That particular good call. I think go. we better be careful. We should be careful. Let's see if Aaron actually got picked up by a chopper or not, because if he is safe, things might not look good for next week. Wayne, Troy, everybody, all the listeners of Under the Dome Radio, <laughs> it's Aaron Ed Jr. once again, and I have some great news. The helicopter circled back around, picked me up, and as we speak, we are refueling the chopper, and I'm about to be headed back, back to California, my home. Thank you so much, Wayne and Troy. And all you, all you listeners on the Dome Radio, you are what got me through this terrible time in my life. Thank you so much for everything all of you guys did. Thank you so much. And by, by the time we speak next week, I'm going to be home safe, recording this from the comfort of my own bed. It's going to be great. Thank you so much. I'm so happy. I, I'm almost speechless, but... Uh, you know, before the chopper picked me up, I was able to watch Under the Dome this week, and not only that, I saw the news 
that the show is going to be canceled, and I'm so upset! But I'd rather not talk about that. What I would rather do is take a moment to just air my frustrations at some of the characters on Under the Dome. Starting with Barbie. That's not your daughter! And I'm glad you kind of finally realized that by the end. She's a monster. She's crazy. And guess what? She's cheaply portrayed by the same character or uh, actress uh, as your girlfriend was. That's freaky, isn't it? I guess she got a cool wig. So, oh, great. The monarch was finally crowned! And I guess... Something that's good is that we don't have to sit there and wonder if Christine was really turned back to human or, you know, out of her alien life force self because she's dead now. She's a part of the dome. She's given her services to the kinship. And we don't got to worry about her no more. Now all we got is one more episode. Guess what? Nori, you suck. You become a very annoying, like, oh, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to shoot everyone character. That's annoying. Joe, oh, I'm going to get you out of here, Nori. I love you. Oh. The only people I am slightly okay with anymore is Big Jim, the dog, and, uh, yeah, surprise, Julia. That's right, Julia. I'm okay with her. I got five seconds left. I love you guys so much. I'll see you next week. One more episode. I'm rescued. Thank you. Under the dome radio.com. <laughs> Aaron, I am so thankful that we were able to get the communications to the helicopter to get to you and rescue you. Uh, this is awesome news. And he's actually rooting not only for big Jim, the dog, but Julia Shumway, shocker of all shockers, Troy. Yeah, this is this is the only show where you can go from season two and you're like, man, could they just kill Julia and could they just kill Big Jim? To going the complete opposite direction entire 13 episodes later. Well, when Big Jim's the only person that made any sense this entire season, and then at the very end, Julia's starting to make some sense, and she's a professional baby birthing assistant. Um, how can you not root for something like that? I guess. Oh, you had to remind me. I'm just a professional <laughs> baby birthing assistant. <sighs> and look at those eyes. She's been suffocated by Christine. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, wow. Aaron, well, next week, we it's going to be great to hear from you being back home again. This is good news. Yes, but I have to ask, if you're going to record your voicemail from your bed, is that a... Uh, a makeshift one with red hairs as straw in a barn. I'm I'm just curious. Oh my goodness! Wow, so many great things. With that, I think it's time to go ahead and wrap up the show. And under the dome, honorary radio guest DJ of the week. Where would you like to send your vote this week, Sir Wayne? Because of at least two groundbreaking statements, I think it has to go to Alan from Naperville. Because not only learning about the blue shirts and questioning the decisions made at Amazon, among many other great things in his email, what do you think, Alan? Alan, absolutely. Not because you're from the area, and I do hope that we get to bump into each other because blue shirts and Amazon, that totally made my night <laughs> right there. <laughs> that was awesome. 
you're purchasing extras from Amazon.com yourself right now using our affiliate link at underthedomeradio.com slash Amazon. Made possible by the money that they've spent to get CBS there. So more people would come and actually keep the you know drones and robots moving inside of those operation centers. And while you're there on our affiliate link, be sure to buy extra car wax for your Prius. Absolutely. Oh, well, let's go ahead. The, the one last time we get to do this, have some spoilery stuff. We're going to share it with you in just a moment. But if you want to be totally spoiler-free, we totally understand. But in the meantime, visit us at underthedomeradio.com slash 72. And one last time, the fantastic spoiler warning from Mr. Hank Davis. Let's hear it. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. This is an Under the Dome Radio investigative report. Not so much a spoiler since Nina Tassler told us all about it a few weeks ago, but as the dome comes down, the resistance makes its final stand against the kinship and its new queen on the series, that's right, series finale of Under the Dome, Thursday, September 10th, entitled The Enemy Within. Mm -hmm. As the dome in Chester's Mill comes down, the resistance led by Barbie, Julia, Big Jim makes a final attempt who would have ever thought those three would have worked together in the end of the series? They make a final attempt to protect the outside world from the infected townspeople in the kinship, including Sam and Junior and their new queen. Her name again was... This is the Dawn! Yes, Dawn, <laughs> on the series finale of Under it, the Dome. It can't be. Why are Sam and Junior still alive? I I don't even know how Sam made it past being uh, beat up and everything by Junior in season two. Uh, and now they're working together wearing green shirts. But I like how in the description it says attempt. Maybe they won't succeed. This is true. This is true. A final attempt. That means either if they don't succeed, then that means they could die. And we wouldn't have Barbie, Julia or Big Jim at the end of this. And you that, know what? That'd, Great. Be, that'd be an interesting twist. <laughs> interesting indeed. Also interesting would be the shenanigans on if the dome really does come down and they show it to us because maybe they won't even show it. But if they do, if it comes down like the dome at the Minnesota Metrodome during that season that Brett Favre was there and the snow caused it to come down, that would be hilarious. It would. That it would. The series finale will take place on Under the Dome Thursday, September 10th at 10 Eastern, 9 Central on the CBS television network. And since NFL preseason is over and the only NFL game on Thursday night next week is on NBC, I believe, everybody can see Dome at the regular time. That's right. You will all get to witness its ultimate demise and the finale together as the kinship comes together one final time to bid everybody adieu once and for all. Speaking French now, huh? Much like uh, Mark at the Solo Talk Media Under the Dome podcast. Now you're speaking French. I learned from the best. There you go. Mark rocks. Well, Lily does make it to the end. Oh, don't, man. I don't know if she's going to live to the end, but she makes it to the end. Uh, we also have Roger Lopez, played by Shane Callahan, joining the cast. Dan Florick plays Colonel Walker, as I'm sure the military is going to be involved once the dome comes down. Unless he has a chicken restaurant. Ooh, could be. Vince Foster plays Kyle. Uh, Maskin Lintz plays Jason. And Lee Spencer plays Major Pract. So keep an eye what? out for all of them. <laughs> Who named that character? What the hell? <laughs> Major Pract. 
P-R-A-C-H-T. Pract is how I would pronounce it. You might pronounce it differently. I just read what's written. But the good thing is, is that we might actually have a decent episode because it is written by executive producers Neil Bear and Tim Schlattman and directed by the one Peter Leto. So it should be good. It should be good. Man, do they have you snowed? (laughs) You remember that time when everything was frozen? I heard that you let it go. Uh, oh, I, I, I'm i going to watch because I've seen all the others. Why stop now? I've got a podcast to do. And I love doing the podcast, laughing with you, Troy, and the listeners and the feedback and the theories. This is good stuff. So we'll watch the episode and we'll laugh some more. Yeah. So that means we'll have one more reaction cast, one more full fan feedback discussion, And then to close it all out for episode number would be 75, just to make it a nice even number, which is really an odd number, but that doesn't matter. We're going to see if we can get together. Yes, one yet final Under the Dome podcaster roundtable as we go back and relive all the fun from seasons one through three. It should be an interesting night of hilarity. So keep your eyes tuned and subscribe to the feed because you do not want to miss that. And while you're waiting for that roundtable to happen, We just want to say thanks for subscribing to the show over the past three seasons, but the fun, not yet, not yet over. So get those five pink star ratings and reviews in iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, Keep them coming because we know that we want everybody to come back and listen to the show because it'll be on Amazon forever. People can watch this, binge the whole uh, 39 episodes all at once, listen to the podcast and hear all of the great things you guys have contributed over the years. We want them to keep finding the show. So keep rating and reviewing, even though the show is off the air. Yeah, it it lives on in perpetuity. And that starts with the same letter as propane. So visit underthedomeradio.com. And on the right-hand sidebar, pick the size of propane. If you'd like to donate this season, all of your propane proceeds will be forwarded straight over to Ben. Little Ben, who is battling cancer. You've heard us talk about it before. Still have a chance to help out or just go to underthedomeradio.com and look for the direct link to go right to his uh, fundraiser page. Yes, and we want to thank Lorraine Romero for actually donating another $25 for the cause for Little Ben. She did that this past week. She's been a listener since the beginning as well. So thanks so much for sending that in and helping the cause. Uh, To date, with the donation I'm going to be putting in, the Kinship has raised $200 for Little Ben's cause. So we really appreciate that, guys. But you can still do it. we got another week left. Let's go ahead and see if we can kick that up to 500 bucks. That would be oh totally, totally awesome if you guys could do that. Again, propane tanks, right-hand side of the page, or visit underthedomeradio.com slash Ben if you'd like to donate directly. And again, special thanks to Lorraine for her uh, donation this past week. She's donated in the past seasons, and she is one of our original dome heads. Way back in the day when Dome Heads was the main way that the fans wanted to be called. And she found some domes to uh, take photographs underneath. And so goes way back. Thanks again, Lorene, for all your support. And because of that, we love connecting with everyone, all of the Dome Heads, all of the Millers, all of the Domies, whatever you want to refer to yourself as, as the series comes to its conclusion next week, head over to underthedomeradio.com. All of our social links are at the top of the page, Facebook, Twitter, most importantly, subscribe, because if we do have that Under the Dome Podcasters Roundtable, you do not want to miss that for episode number 75. Wherever you get your podcasts, make sure you subscribe there. iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, we're all over the place. 
Tell us what you love about the show and even say thank you to any of the callers that call in in the reviews because I'm sure they would love to hear from you as well. Fantastic. And with that, want to thank you for taking the time to listen to Under the Dome Radio. Share your thoughts and theories next week, underthedomeradio.com slash feedback. And until next time, I'm at Wayne Henderson, making sure Nori does not take all of my ammo. And I am at Troy Heinrichs, adjusting my blonde wig and contacts as we stay trapped here under the dome. Under the Dome Radio is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Get more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Get organized in your personal and professional life, laugh with our clean comedy, theorize over great television shows, and so much more, all waiting for you at noodle.mx.